Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Blue Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart, of readingsbyevan.com from New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by a special guest, Miss Michael of HoodooFoundry.com in Willits, California, bringing us today's topic of doll babies to dominate and curse. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment. First, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Kat? Hi, thank you, Evan. We're gonna still we're gonna wind you up a little faster next time. We're gonna just keep winding you slowly, slowly. We're gonna wind you up. You got it. <laughs> um, well, thing is, every precious second taken on that introduction is a precious second not spent sharing spells with our wonderful audience. All right. Um, Well, just to to catch you up on what's going on here, I've been working very hard, as always. I guess I'm just a hard worker. And um, I've been working this week on the Mystic Tea Room and signing books and goofer dust. Uh, What a combination, huh? Um, Probably the most interesting thing that happened to me this week, um, just kind of off the charts, was I was on Hoodoo Psychics on Saturday. And I got five calls, and every one of them was from an Aquarius. And, you know, after the third one, yeah, after the third one, you just kind of go, okay, got that, all right, check, check, (laughs) check, double check, what? (laughs) So... To, I have my moon in Aquarius. That's all I could think of. Uh, it was uh, getting on the full moon, but the full moon wasn't in Aquarius. Full moon was a Scorpio Taurus thing, but Aquarius is right square to it, and my moon was out there. I'm just like, hmm. All right. They all woke up and they woke up in the morning and they said, "We must call Miss Cat right now." It was very interesting. All the, the the subject matter was not all the same. Just the fact that they were all Aquariuses. <laughs> so that was very odd. Um, and uh, so, I guess all I have to say is that synchronicity is still afoot. As for the Mystic Tea Room, if you all are friends of me on Facebook, and that would be facebook.com slash Catherine Ironwood, and look for me in a green dress, um, you will uh, get updates on the Mystic Tea Room, which is becoming quite the project. I'm getting so much help from all my friends and and uh, fans and followers and colleagues and cohorts and it's just been a wonderful journey to upgrade the Mystic Tea Room and adding new 
Tea Room information. Today we was a, a big upgrade to the Mystic Tea Room history page where we get to learn about the suffragettes and the fight for women's right to vote. And um, and then, of course, the fabulous sugar cubes, private label wrapped paper-wrapped sugar cubes advertising tea rooms and tea room pickles and many, many other things. So if you like to follow me down the rabbit holes of my mind, of which there are many, the Mystic Tea Room will be a rabbit hole enduring, I'd say, for a couple more, three, four months. It'll probably be maybe six months, and then that rabbit hole will be explored and we'll go on to a new rabbit hole. But I know there are people who think I'm a little nutty, but that's just the way I am. So that's what's new here at Catherine Ironwood. Lucky Mojo, they're marching on. They're making wonderful um, products, and we're shipping things out. We're not so far behind on shipping as we were before the festival. And everything at Lucky Mojo is cooking along really good, which is why I was making goofer dust, because, you know, i to keep my hand in on that. And the goofer dust um, uh, is, somewhat, for some reason, highly in demand of late. I hope you all get... Um, your vote in if you haven't done it already. I hope they don't destroy any more votes. It doesn't look good. They're destroying votes, votes li- ballots right and left like a freaking third world country. I Which swear. brings me to you, countryman Ali. How are things in your world? Things are things are great. Uh, before I give an announcement, you know, update of what's going on new in my world, I just wanted to say. Um, so I was reading recently uh, about a bunch of articles that were talking about COVID-19, and they've now come to the conclusion that there is a potential that people who are recovering from COVID-19, that in the severe cases, it has actually left brain damage, that we're looking now at mm-hmm. the brain being aged 10 years, roughly, is, is the estimate here, while the people who have recovered have a higher percentage of dying from heart attacks. Now, anyone mm-hmm. who has followed this radio show knows that Cat called this almost 10 months ago. Literally 10 months ago, she said this mm-hmm. thing is not just a respiratory thing. It's going to affect the brain, it's going to affect the heart, and it's going to affect the blood. And the science is just catching up. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of a, of a you know, pat on the back for that was, a, that was on the point prediction there, that the science is just catching up months and months later, that this thing is so wicked. It's something completely, yeah. we haven't even, like we're, we're just touching the iceberg. I mean, brain damage, brain damage, you, mm-hmm. you know, they, we no one could have guessed that, but you, you called it 10 months in advance on that. So this is, oof, it's, it's definitely wow. <laughs> wild. You know, thank you. Thank you, Ali. I want to say one other thing, too. Um, we were talking about some of the, um, the, the blood effects, and um, oh, I've yeah. been talking about COVID toes and COVID, you know, COVID toes. Um, I just saw an article that just went by that people still have COVID toes, which is this, um, you know, blood leakage in the toes, you know, looks yep, like yep. bruised toes, but it's just, you know, they still, they, what they're calling the long haulers, these are the people who don't recover fully, they have yep. COVID toes months after they are testing a PCR negative. Months. Yeah, we. So these this are thing permanent is so damages. Bizarre. This so, thing is so I'm still so not. I'm still not going out. But and and yeah, another thing yeah. I'm going to say, I'm still not going out. And one reason I'm working on the Mystic Tea Room is, I really do like to go out and and have a nice cup of tea at a pretty tea room and maybe a nice little trout salad or something fancy, you know. And um, 
haven't done that <laughs> since the end of February. So I'm obviously involved in um, scanning and uploading pictures of 1910 team rooms for some vicarious thrill, I guess. <laughs> no, I sympathize with that. It's a, it's one of those things where you, you try to find your excitement elsewhere while being safe because it's it's one of yeah, those right. bizarre right. Well, you know, moments. I, I realized... I've, I realized if I was a millionaire, even if I was a hundred thousand there, but let's say I was a millionaire, I would hire one of those fabulous professional colorizers to take all of what are called RPPC or real photo postcards, which are actually photographs on photographic paper that's um, thick enough to make a postcard. And these RPPC postcards are very rare because they had to be handmade one by one; they were not printed. And I would take, I would hire somebody to colorize every RPPC. Um, postcard of a tea room in my collection, and people would their jaws would just drop. That's all I can say. But I'm not well, a, I, I'm not the, a multimillionaire or a billionaire. Send money. That, <laughs> I would be. See, that's just the, the funny thing is, I think I'm the same way. That if I was a if I was a billionaire, I don't think I would be doing my intra money to put into those interests. <laughs> it's like I wouldn't – the same things that fascinate me now, the same things that I'm doing now, I still would be doing. But, for example, you, you would put your money in, into colorizing. I think for me it would be, I'd be hiring translators so that I wouldn't have to translate. Um, put all the money ah. translators with same interest, same text, whatnot. So it's I'm, – I'm with you there. That's that, the interests don't change. Someone once famously said money doesn't change. It just magnifies the things you've already mm-hmm. got going on. And I think that's so true. Um, but in my, my neck of the woods, things have been mostly the same, been extraordinarily busy. November, I mean, uh, October, what a month it was. It was such a busy month. I know how busy you, you all were. Same thing. It was, it, was, uh, it was something. I'm hoping November's a little bit more laid back, but I have a sneaking suspicion it won't be. I am actually all booked for readings in November. So if you're looking for a reading for me, December, you're going to have to book a month in advance. November is entirely booked out. So it is what it is. The holidays are busy times, and it's better to be busy than not busy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to just say one other thing about spending the, the billionaire money. I know I've mentioned it before on the radio. Back when I used to travel a lot working in the comic book business, we'd go from convention to convention, and me and my ex, we liked to, to drive. Well, he liked to drive. I like to be a passenger because I can't drive. And um, we'd see places or beautiful Art Deco cafes, and they had broken neon signs. Neon signs had pieces missing. And I used to say, God, if I was rich, like Paul McCartney, I don't know why Paul McCartney showed up. It was because he was breeding rare sheep. And I thought, Mm. gee, if I was as rich as Paul McCartney, I would outfit a big van, and we'd have a whole neon-bending shop, and we would just go in in the night when people were asleep, and we'd repair their beautiful Art Deco neon signs for them without them knowing it, right? And they'd wake up, and the next day their neon signs would be working. Oh, cool. (laughs) <laughs> and I then I it. could photograph them. <laughs> I could photograph the neon. <laughs> you want to put a timer Cousin on Joshua, the light switch, though? Cousin Joshua says, hang on a second. Cousin Joshua says in the chat room, Tauruses always have good plan Bs for extra cash. <laughs> if you want to experience luxury, <laughs> hang out with the Taurus and bring That's cash. 
Sure. That's so good. Well, I heard the voice of uh, the little the little voice of Miss Michael. So let's bring Miss Michael on. Hi, Miss Michael. Welcome, Miss Michael. Well, um, just before I forget, you would want to put a timer on the on the power switch on those neon signs, so that at nighttime the sign goes on because the owner might not know, not realize it had been repaired, and might not That's turn it off. Right. That's right. And I got to tell you, mm. one time in Lordsburg, New Mexico, we went in, there was a neon sign that wasn't working. And I went in and I said, gee, I remember this neon sign from, you know, when I was like 20 years younger. Uh, it's too bad it doesn't work anymore. And the lady said, oh, no, just turn the switch. She turned the switch and the whole thing lit up. I said, why don't you do it anymore? She goes, well, they built the interstate and no one comes through town. It's just so much money to keep it lit, you know, and now we're just downtown and nobody drives by anymore. I thought, well, wow, it was still there. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice of her to put it on for you. Yeah, well, if you were really a billionaire, then you'd endow a trust, you know. Of the neon rent payment trust or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think neon signs should be declared national historic uh, landmarks, you see. They're going but, out. They're going. They're going out of favor for some reason. You don't see that many of them anymore. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Nah, they're very expensive to run and they're expensive to repair. Oh, well, that's what it is. hi, Miss Michael. <laughs> hi. <laughs> uh, hi. You you brought us a, a topic today, which is doll babies for domination and cursing. Now I'm going to just give a little introduction for people who don't know you. Miss Michael is one of the three nicest people in California, and I won't tell you who the other two are, but it isn't me. And Miss um, Michael, no, I'm not one of the three nicest, but you are. Um, and this is by popular acclaim. And uh, Miss Michael is known for her um, clever root work. I'm going to say clever is a really good word for it. And um, lives up in uh, Willits, California, has been a presenter at the Hoodoo Heritage Festivals, has um, written for some of the publications that we've put out, um, and operates Hoodoo Foundry. Dot com. So if you're not familiar with Miss Michael, go look up Hoodoo Foundry and find it on Facebook as well and like the Facebook page, but it also exists as a website. What else can I say about you, Miss Michael? Um, well, one thing I will say is that I have to get inventive when I don't feel the depth of knowledge to be traditional, you know? Um because sometimes I have to fill in a gap, and that's how hoodoo varies from, why hoodoo varies so much from the ancestral African magic from the countries where the slaves came, were kidnapped from. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, nobody knew everything, and mm. some of it mm-hmm. got forgotten. And so, well, we used to know how to do this. Who else knows how to do it by whatever means? Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason we have so much scripture in hoodoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of it is, you know, sincere faith and the roots of Christianity in, in African history than most Westerners realize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, also my um, daughter got married last week. <laughs> oh, hey, congrats. congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. And and Contraman put into the chat, and don't forget, Caroline Dye Memorial Chapel. Oh, yeah. That's another thing yes. that you do. Yeah. 
And you did a wonderful presentation of your altars at the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival this year. Uh, Doc Murphy reminds us of that. So let's get mm-hmm. into our topic. Um, yeah. Our topic is doll babies for domination and cursing. So as usual, I'm just going to open with a little quickie. Um, obviously, doll babies can be made for many things. The idea of the word voodoo doll uh, which is a total misnomer, as you know, uh, being used to represent only dolls of cursing with nails through their little hearts and things like that, is something that does, you know, exist in the popular mind. But but dolls can be used for healing, for helping, and we've done some shows on those before, and you can look them up. But this time we're going to do dolls for domination and cursing, or the more traditional doll baby work. So take it away, Miss Michael. It's all yours, and we'll join in when we feel like it. Well, I'm going to illustrate with two uh, stories from my own work for clients. Uh, And the, uh, well, I was doing one doll baby, working it on my own altar, to bring, to banish um, somebody's mistress from their life and their marriage. But the wife could not send me anything but a picture. She had no hair. She had no clothing. She didn't even have a handwriting sample. So I did my best, and nothing happened at all. Nothing. Uh, A client, same kind of work with a doll baby, and she she sent me a little bit of her husband's hair. And Mm -hmm. uh, she, it seemed to be working kind of intermittently, and she, and uh, it was a love doll baby, so I was, you know, trying to work their reconciliation and he fell in love with her all over again but he didn't give up the mistress and so Mm. um since i had uh, since i had his hair i started punishing him punishing that doll baby i stuck it full of knitting needles and then put Mm. it on my altar so that the knitting needles were holding it off the table not a situation you'd want to be in. And still the misbehavior continued. She called, she texted me crying one night saying, he's still with his girlfriend. I'm out to dinner with him and he just started talking about his girlfriend. And so I was so angry that I snatched up the doll baby and I started squeezing it. And she texted me again a few minutes later saying, my husband is having trouble breathing. Mm. (laughs) That's some... Power. That's what personal concerns can do. Wow, that's a that's a good one. I'm going to tell you one of the oldest doll baby spells I know, which is not from African derived hoodoo. Um, mm-hmm. it, I got it out of a, an ancient um, book on uh, Indian folk magic, and it was about making a little rice doll. I just loved this thing. Mm-hmm. I did it. It worked. You just take sticky rice and you make a little doll. You put something personal of the person into it and you put it on a spit. In other words, you just run it through uh, like with a shish kebab skewer from its, you know, crown of its head down to out through its asshole, right? So you, <laughs> there it is. It's this little person made of sticky rice. And, um, and then you have a fire underneath and you start just rotating it like on a spit, like a goat on a spit, you know or an ox, or whatever you might be, spit-roasting. And it begins to toast and brown, and um, eventually the person begins to feel love and warmth and heat, and then it starts to get a little hot for them. 
and then you put it out, you take it off the, the spit, and you hold it to you and cool it down a little bit against your bosom. Then you put it back on the spit, and you just do that. Well, I did that, and it worked. And so I became um, a doll baby fanatic with this very ancient Vedic <laughs> way of working. Um, just something that worked for me. That's fascinating because I have I do something very similar. I I love doll baby work. It's probably one of my go to. It's just the tactile nature of being a, an earth sign Taurus, right? I'm a, I do bottle spells and and doll baby work and talismans more than I do candles, to be honest. So I love doll baby work, but there's one that I do that's very similar to what you mentioned, but I use it with wax, and it's not for a love mm-hmm. spell, but it is to w- make someone to weaken someone's will against you if you're up against somebody if you're in a competition or in a legal case or you're fighting with a neighbor and they are stronger than you are then you can weaken their will by making a doll baby out of wax and you stuff the wax with herbs and its personal concerns you baptize it and like in the case of the right doll baby you skewer it i use a metal skewer because you do, i don't want it to burn so i use a metal skewer and you place it over a heat very high up because you don't want it to melt fast. You want it to melt slowly. And it'll mm-hmm. slowly melt and slowly shrink. And it's gotta, you've got to really watch it because you don't want it to slip off of the skewer and just go splat. Mm-hmm. So you do it very mm-hmm. slowly and you just kind of watch this doll baby shrink. And as it shrinks, so too does the person weaken and wither. And I've done this working and people have lost, physically have lost weight and have looked gaunt as a result of it. It's very powerful. You've got to be very careful with this. Don't just do it randomly because someone annoyed you. It's got to be a real enemy that you want to dominate and break their will. And you do it over a period mm-hmm. of days, nine days, letting that wax shrink and shrink and shrink, and therefore break mm-hmm. the will of your enemy. Wow. That's really a great one. You know, um, yeah. there are some psalms that mention... Um, I believe it is it Psalms 35, the one that mentions that they will be like the fat that um, that disappears mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the cooking. Um, that's a really good one too. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in another one because you got into a wax doll that you roast, and I mentioned the sticky rice. But I have actually made a meat doll, mm-hmm. and um, you can uh, yeah really, and um, a bacon doll, for instance, can be made like a gingerbread man. But you can also just take um, salt pork, which is what I used, and and uh, so you just chop out a doll out of salt pork, and um, again rotate it on the and let the fat melt away. And this is to weaken the will of somebody. And of course, the last step is after the fat has you know dripped away pretty much, and the thing is not burned or anything like that. You just Pop it in your mouth and eat it. Chew it up. Mm-hmm. There you go. You have swallowed them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ate them alive. Mm-hmm. Ate them alive. That's right. That's yeah. That's that's a Spanish idiom for totally defeating somebody. I ate them alive. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, give us another fantastic. one, Miss Michael. Your turn. Well, let's see. Well, one thing I like to do, you know, I just I mostly hand knit my doll babies. And I make them in pieces so I can stuff each piece as I go. But um, so I don't have much variety, at least not na- not till now, in um, the way I make them. But uh, I don't hesitate to make a doll baby for love. And if the, especially in cases of, of infidelity, 
I won't hesitate to mm-hmm. take the baby off the the doll off the love altar and punish it, like I did mm-hmm. with the knitting mm-hmm. needles, or mm-hmm. put it on a leash and and make the leash a little bit tight and just drag it around your garden amongst the thorny weeds, or you can put it in the dryer, mm. or you can let the cats play with it, rub it with catnip and mm-hmm. hand it over. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, I like that rotating them in uh-huh. the dryer. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I like yeah. putting them on a leash. That's a little kinky. <laughs> well, you can also do that as part of a, a friendly love spell. Serve me and and be happy. Serve me and like it. Have fun serving Well, some, yeah, if you like that kind of thing. If you don't like that kind of thing, you ain't going to do that. But, yeah, yeah. but put it, put it on a leash and... Uh, and lead it around like a little puppy. That's a way of dominating, uh-huh. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, uh, Doc Murphy asked for a vegetarian version of the meat um, doll, and um, and uh, Nagashiva said use a mushroom. I would think that a, a very good solid mushroom like a Boletus edgeless would work. I was also thinking of a beet because they kind of bleed. And beet oh, wow, yeah. In, by, yeah, beets are used by vegetarian um, Jews to represent um, the lamb shank at the Passover, and um, oh, so you know, yeah. Well, you got to be around hippie Jews to get that one, you know. Um, you know, a, a, you know, a group of committed hippie Jews will hold up a beet, <laughs> and they have even changed. You know, they even changed the ritual to mention the beet. Okay, um, and then of course the feminists hold up the orange after that because there is no mm-hmm. orange. They go, what is this orange doing here? Because there is no orange because there's no place for one in Judaism. Traditional Judaism doesn't accept women, but we do. And here's the orange to prove it. Anyway, um, so a beet, a beet would be really good. But also you could use um, a malformed. Um, well, they call it malformed. You can get those malformed carrots if you go to, you know what I mean if you grow your own carrots carrots with little arms and legs turnips with little mm-hmm. arms and legs there's actually ways to make those I'm going to reveal a gardener's secret if you want to make a malformed carrot you can plant carrots and as they grow you can actually kind of get in under them very make a little nick and put a pebble and they, those carrots will grow around that as you know, they will change their shape. And you can end up with all kinds of crazy twisted carrots and carrots with arms and legs. And people do this all the time just to amuse themselves. Of course, oh, wow. not everyone comes out perfect. Yeah, but you can do it. You can actually make malformed carrots. There's another way to make malformed <laughs> This is like crazed. There's another way to make malformed fruit. This is all for Doc Murphy, by the way. Um, <laughs> any kind of fruit that grows above ground that makes a solid, you know, like a like a squash, you know, like a zook, for instance, zucchini. Mm-hmm. Um, there are zook cages and zoo- and squash cages. Trust me, they exist. You can make your own in which you pop it over. That can be made of um, glass or plastic, any kind of candle, a thin candle mold plastic will work. You pop them over the growing fruit, and the fruit is then confined and will take the form of whatever that mold was. At some point, mm. it'll you know either pop the mold or it won't be able to anymore. You got to pick it. But that is how people get um, interestingly shaped vegetables. So, Doc Murphy, I turn you loose. Go find your local fun-loving gardeners, and you can do all the vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> yes, and Covet Gift Two says go, gourds will mold as well. Yeah, anything in the Kirkabite family will do it. It's just because they grow very quickly and they will fill the mm. mold. They're watermelons okay. in Japan. That's how they do it. They do with what in Japan? 
they grow square watermelons that way. Oh, far out. Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. another crocodile. Yeah, they place in yeah. the vendor box. Yeah. Very cool. That is the, uh, that is so the, food cool. Yeah, yeah. The doll baby in the washing machine <laughs> reminds me of something that I do, that I've said on this radio show I think several times. Um, one of the ways that I do dominating, and this is specifically for not for love, but a little bit more, um, you know, making someone's mind a little bit weaker in the head. You can do it for love. I wouldn't recommend it. It's very coercive. But I bind up the doll baby and I hang it from my ceiling fan. And I just let that ceiling fan go, and it causes vertigo and dizziness and weakness. Um, but it is a way to keep someone off balance, and it works quite well if you want to punish someone who is a wayward lover or who has cheated on you or has left, but you want them to return, but you want a little bit of suffering before they return to you. You want to model that behavior, you use the, the ceiling fan. I've done it. I just leave it on. Leave it on all day. And the thing to understand with doll babies is that when we're we're working on them, this is not metaphoric. They're going to feel vertigo. They're going to feel dizzy. So don't go out there and smash a doll baby with a hammer unless you really want to break someone with a with the hammer, right? Like be mindful that when you do this, this is not this is not you know oh I put it I put them on on the wheel that means they'll just come back to me. No, no. If you put them on a fan, they're going to feel dizzy and confused and they're going to feel off balance. So be mindful that this is this is some literal form of magic here, but it is very yeah. powerful. I've recommended it on the on the radio show several times, but it does work really really well. You pr- and every time you pass it, you pray over it, you speak to it, you let them know why they're on that fan and why they're spinning out of control. Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't use that yeah. for love because some people, when their life starts going downhill, they get mean, and you don't want that in your house. Mm-hmm. No, this is ideal. This would be yeah. ideal for someone who's already left your house, so a wayward lover, yes. lover rather yes. than a person who you're sleeping next to. So this is the ex that has left, the husband mm-hmm. that's not taking care of their kids, the wife that is that is uh, you know cheating on you. That's where you would use this: a little bit of punishment, a little bit of domination, but specifically to weaken the mind and the will. Yeah. You know, we we're so advanced here. We didn't even talk about the simple things like tying the hands behind the back oh my and God, right. uh, tying <laughs> yeah. the feet together, making it kneel uh, in a hostage position. I mean, you I guess we're in. assuming that our that our fans and friends already know about that stuff, but we do have to mention it for the newbies. Um one of the best ways to work with a doll, clay doll, wax doll, whatever, is tie its hands behind its back, tie its mm-hmm. uh, uh, legs together, arms together, and then stab it with 13 pins. Or 13 needles. It's always yeah. used 13 as going back to classical ancient times, but which 13 places vary depending on your needs or your region of learning the spell. But usually two in the eyes, two in the ears, you know, and so forth. Um, and then you can, you know, one in the heart. There's a, you know, it just depends, one in the groin, whatever you want to do. Usually one through the feet, one through the two hands. Um, but there are many, many ways to, to do it. Look up um, doll stabbed by 13 pins, 13 needles. It's a very traditional way. People think of the so-called voodoo doll stereotype. It's like you just randomly stab these in. But mm-hmm. actually, classically speaking, they go in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And look up, bit, uh, look up online. Hold on, just look up Etruscan doll stabbed by nails. You will see a picture of an actual Etruscan doll stabbed by nails. It's in a museum. Most famous doll baby ever. 
That's perfect. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that another kind of going back to basics is when I teach my clients to do doll baby work, I tell them to actually create the skeleton out of licorice root. That the spine, that the spine should be licorice. Now, I generally just make a little cross so that you have a spine and two arms, and then I bind that together. I, if it's a sliver of licorice, you can write their name and a command on it. So you can write obey or bend to me or whatever it is. You can write it on the licorice, and then I form the doll baby around that. Whether it's a cloth doll baby or it's a wax doll baby or it's a clay one. That forms the spine. Now, the reason I do this is, one, licorice is great for domination and for influence work more broadly. But it has the added benefit that if you need to take things to a next level, you can break the back of the doll baby. So if you need to move it to that next level, you can bend it. It's a little bit flexible, so you can kind of bend it before breaking it. And then if you really, if you're like, all right, that's it, time to, to take this to the next level, you can actually snap the doll baby in half. Mm. Wow! Yeah! Wow! That is extreme. I just I just posted on in our chat a picture of the Etruscan doll, which is in Paris. Um, mm. So here, so it's I cut the picture off of Wikimedia Commons. Why not? Oops! I gotta spell it right. There you go. Uh, hope that works. If it doesn't work, um, I left out the G in JPG. Someone fixed that. My mistake. Um, it won't work until you fix it. Um, anyway, there you go. He just fixed it. Thank you. <laughs> so there's the Etruscan doll stabbed by the little nails. Everyone loves that doll. Um, now, another thing you can do when making a doll is to um, uh, put things in it. And we've ta- kind of talked about putting a hair in it, putting a, you know, a parts of the body, fingernails and whatever. I like to uh, make stuffed dolls also. You make them out of cloth. I like to make them out of the cloth of the person who the work is being done against to hurt them and harm them. If I can't find their cloth, like let's say there's some well-known politician, for instance, um, I would maybe get their photo and put their photo of their face Mm -hmm. on the doll. But I might stuff it with... um, uh, cursing herbs and crossing herbs, vandal root in their feet to make them give, have uh, you know stinky feet, and um, you know red pepper powder at their groin to make them get an itch and whatever you know whatever it's going to be, and um, you can use Spanish moss to fill up the spaces or incense, or you can use Spanish moss come out the top to make hair for them, and you can give them a comb over with Spanish moss if you want to do that. Mm, mm, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then another thing you can do with a doll, uh, we we haven't talked about putting dolls in boxes. And um, Ms. Robin did a fantastic um, video Mm -hmm. on this at the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival 2020. And um, the idea here is that you're going to put the doll on what we sometimes call a bed of pain, a cactus pad, um, Mm -hmm. blackberry leaves turned upside down with the spines up. You're going to put slugs, snails, verminous insects, dead things, snake sheds, whatever, you know, just dead flies, whatever you got. And then um, you can then cover it over with powdered, um, like a little coverlet of powdered red pepper powder, uh, goofer dust, and so forth. And so the doll is lying on its back in its little coffin. And these are done, Mm -hmm. usually with such a doll, I put down under the under it as a sort of an underlayment, uh, the charge of its crimes, why this is happening Mm -hmm. to this doll. 
And um, I often will put over it also a little coverlet with more of its crimes and punishments written so that it's kind of connected uh, to its crimes. It's not just random, I hate this person, but why? And then that can go in a mirror box to return evil, or it can just go in a coffin Mm -hmm. box or cemetery box and be buried in a cemetery. Mhm 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 yeah part of the the way those boxes work and they work off of the principle that you're putting constant pressure so most doll baby work is like you do it a little bit and then you put it down you put it on an altar or you leave it somewhere that there's periods where you're working it and periods where you're not where you're holding it talking to it and whatnot manipulating it and other periods where it's sort of resting <laughs> But the box work is that it's constantly surrounded, whether it's surrounded by things that hurt it, nails and blackberry leaves or mirrors that reflect back. That's a way of really consistently applying pressure. And you can do this using the other senses as well. Taking a doll baby and playing a single song on repeat is very, very good for enforcing a particular memory. So let's say if you're doing, if you want a little bit of an edge to your love work or return to me work, take the song that is your song or your couple's song and play that over and over again on repeat to the doll baby. And the doll baby will hear it. Everywhere they go, they'll be reminded of that song. And this way, you're constantly working it even as you're not actually manipulating the doll baby. You could also do this with the sense of smell, keeping the doll baby behind the toilet if you want to punish them someone with foul odors, or if you want to drive them crazy with lust, then you will wrap them up in your used underwear. Uh, This will help them to smell you, and it will drive them. This is a way of constantly working that doll baby, even if you're not actively engaged with it, using smell, using sound, and even using sight. You can place the doll baby facing a photo of a happy couple. I've done this for uh, cases when we've had one of the partners have left and they need to come back. They have responsibilities to children. As I will set the doll baby up when I'm not actively working to face a picture of the happy family. And it will force them mm-hmm. to remember, to think about their obligations, their duties, and their love, and their happy home. This is this is real funny. Uh, Shiva put in the chat, recordings of jackhammers. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, if you want to drive someone nuts, totally. <laughs> yeah, that would. That There's would be probably great. some Jack, jackhammer samples samples on the internet somewhere. I'm sure <laughs> there are, and and screaming screaming people. You know, that's the kind of thing you might do with the skull candle too. If you have a skull mm-hmm. candle and put little headphones on it and just play, um, you know, tension, apprehension, and dissension have begun, or whatever, over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, tensor should be yeah. tensor, yeah. Yeah. It, it, hey, you knew that. Tensor said the tensor. Yes. Oh, yes. I love the you, Demolished Man. <laughs> the Demolished Man by Alfred Bester. I read Bester. that when I was in my middle teens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I use that on dolls. I do that all. I mean, that was Tensor said the tensor. You know, Tensor said ninth or eighth. Well, it's just a little poem. But the but the end part of it, tension, apprehension, and dissension have begun. I use that on dolls all the time. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Um now 
uh, we were talking about, uh, uh, Shiva says in the, uh, well, he was very kind to me, he said I had a great cursing doll in my video uh, at the at the festival. Um, this was a, how to make a, a doll baby out of uh, beeswax that is hexagonal beeswax, the kind that's found in, in honeycomb. It's honeycomb wax. And uh, you use Vaseline on your hands to, to soften the wax and make it into modeling yeah. wax as you go. <laughs> and you, there's just, you make a couple of little slits. You start with a two and a half by, or two and a quarter by two and a quarter inch square. You slit, 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 fold, 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 and you got the doll. Before you put the two parts together, you, put, you spread the little powdered herbs in it. So the doll now has the herbs. And then you fold and roll it. You can also, of course, put a hair in at that point. And then you you just keep on working it, molding it, and modeling it, and you end up with it. Then when you have that doll, you can put it in different liquids. And, uh, of course, for... Um, the subject of cursing, you would want to put it in vinegar. Would be a good one. Yeah. And I just told I just told one of the Aquarians who called me the other day how to make the the one that's also in that new book we did called Bottle Up and Go, um, but with by me and Lara Rivera, and that has a, a a wonderful one where you use milk and vinegar and you punch a hole in the lid, put it out in the uh, sun, you fill it about half full with milk and then pull it up to the shoulder with vinegar. Don't fill it all the way. Punch a hole in the lid from the inside out and set it out in the sun for three days to rot. And the milk will clabber. And this is specifically done to sour a mother-child relationship. Mm -hmm. And of course... At the festival, somebody asked me, why would you want to sour a mother-child relationship? But then, of course, on Saturday, my person called up and said, so how do I break him loose from his dominating, horrible mother? And there's the spell. That's the one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's not a breakup spell in the normal sense that you would use between two lovers. It's really for a mother and child to find fault with each other, their relationship just to turn old, sour, rotten. And then, of course, you end by burying it upside down. It becomes a dripping jar spell as well as being a dog. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That really combines so many different elements. It's very cool. Oh, that reminds me. She um, And this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. When uh, you have, when I say I go, I get inventive because I'm missing tradition. See, I only heard about the clabbering spell at the festival. I had never heard of that before. Um, oh, really? But anyway, I was thinking, we were talking about vegetarian uh, doll babies in, instead of mm-hmm. meat ones. And um, mm-hmm. you could boil the doll soft and put it in the cooking mm-hmm. liquid in a jar, hole in the lid, upside down. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, because in that fact, would pretty much be the equivalent of, of fat rendering off a meat doll. Yeah, wouldn't it? I'm I'm uh-huh. al- I'm already thinking I'm already thinking of a root doll, you know, made out of a root, uh, an edible root like a carrot or beet or or something like that, um, mm-hmm. and putting it in a pressure cooker and canning it. Uh. <laughs> mm. I Just love that. It That's wow. Yeah, I'd love to see some people pressure. Yeah, I'd love to see some people pressure cooked, and um, and then you can uh, wrap uh, aluminum foil all around it to make a mirror box when you're done. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It would look like you. You know, I'm just thinking of some of those weird freak shows where they had you know three headed human embryo. You know, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You could do something really, really bad on somebody. You could use it. Do it with a meat doll too. But definitely pressure cook it. Oh my God! What a trip. Yeah. 
pressure cook it with nasty stuff. Well, too much pepper, yeah. too much mustard, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're uh, we have some uh, vivid imaginations on how to go the, in these different directions. You know, one of the things I always tell people is that the best hoodoo comes out of domesticity. Um, mm-hmm. Hoodoo mm-hmm. is hoodoo, unlike some of the Afro-Caribbean religion approaches to magic, which you know involve deities, nature spirits, whatever, imploring someone or even Santeria imploring a saint as a kind of a cover for an African deity. Most hoodoo that I know that really is vital hoodoo is domestic, domestic magic. And I wouldn't go so far as to exactly call it secular, but it is kind of secular. But, of course, you use the Psalms or you use Deuteronomy or whatever you're going to, you know, Genesis or some line from the Bible uh, as part of the um, imprecation or curse mm-hmm. in this case. Um, but but the work itself, and I, when I did that workshop on Bottle Up and Go, I showed these pictures of women with canning jars. You know, These were from um, the uh, State Extension Bureau, you know, the Home Economics Extension Bureau, where they were teaching people how to can things and how to can it, use a pressure cooker. But you look at it and you go, yeah, those could be the heads of my enemies. You know, like mm-hmm. a whole canful of a whole canful of Brussels sprouts, right? So you know how yeah. Brussels sprouts grow? They grow on a stalk, they got little heads, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like mm-hmm. a tiny miniature little cabbage heads. And you drill down into each one, and you fill it with that person's name, and then you just can up a whole canful of Brussels sprouts. Now, you may think I just made that up, but I actually used to have an old poster that said, we'll pickle the Kaiser, and it showed, you know, the German Kaiser, World War One, right? And it was mm-hmm. about keep the home fires burning. You know, we're we're the ladies behind the soldiers, and we're going to pickle the Kaiser. So this does go back, you see, a ways. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a there's a really old timey kitchen spell around doll babies where you make it out of uh, red pepper, those big kind of red chili peppers. That you can hollow mm-hmm. out. You use that like as body. Peppers? Yeah, and you use the uh, ginger. You carve out ginger for the head and for the legs and the arms. You can all stick it together with uh, toothpicks, and you make basically a human body out of this. And you fry it. You fry it, and you heat it up, and you burn it. You can actually stuff the red pepper with black peppers if you'd like, and then uh, or with garlic, whatever. And then you actually take the. You've kind of heated up and fry it, and then you actually put it in oil. You place it in a jar of oil, and then the oil is used almost like a fourth-ease vinegar for a salad dressing. You feed it to the person that you're trying to get rid of. So you first have this fantastic doll baby made out of red pepper and ginger and all these hot things. Then you heat it up with fire, make it nice and warm and toasty. Then you place it in oil and feed it to the person on a little bit on the salad or a little bit in the cooking to drive them out to really affect them. Really powerful work, and it's completely domestic, all done with stuff that you can find in your kitchen. No fancy candles, no fancy charms, just stuff. It's just your oven. It's just the stuff you find in your pantry and your refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Wow. I I found the link to the, um, to the uh, thing. It was from the National War Garden Commission, and it was not pickle. It was canned vegetables, fruit, and the Kaiser too. Mm. So... Yeah, it really existed, and I used to have that in my collection before the 
big flood that took out half my collection. So I'll get the I'll get the picture up here. It's pretty funny. There is a well, there are other uh, examples of of hanging doll babies in jars. There's a particularly good one if you want a person to reflect on the things they've done wrong. This is I use this when I want to make someone apologize. You craft a doll baby, you bind it up, and then you hang it inside a large mason jar. So you poke a hole in the top of the mason jar, put the thread in that you've wrapped up the around the legs of the doll baby, stick the doll baby in, and on the inside of the jar, or on the outside works as well, you put your petition. You I can put an image of something that they've done. If, for example, they've caused a car accident, you put the image of the car accident. If it's an event, you can write out just, you know, when, when you said this and you said that or whatever, you write it out on a piece of paper and you hot glue it or you stick it on or fix it onto the bottle. And so the doll baby hangs inside of the bottle, slowly kind of spinning around, forced to confront the thing that you want them to confront. And you can leave it there every time you walk over, you hold the jar in your hand and you pray so-and-so your thoughts dwell on this. You're unable to rest. You feel yourself cast about by the wind until you come back and apologize. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's pretty wild. Um, uh, Nagashiva has gone wild with gummy bears and peeps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the peeps, honey. That, you know, I don't have that many rabbits I want to curse. <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, you know, we 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 do toast um, peeps and we toast marshmallows, and of course that's another uh, you know. Nagashiva is just a, a, a funny guy. Gummy bears, I don't know. Um, there's a you could do there's a lot of. Them. I'm sorry, I missed what you said. Say again. You could dissolve the gummy bears. I didn't hear that. Am I, I the only one? I didn't hear that. Your, no, no. your voice has gone all no. hollow and tin can. You're, you can dissolve the gummy bears. Oh, uh, but I of guess. course. Dissolving the gummy bears in vinegar and baking soda. Sounds we haven't even gotten into vinegar and baking. You know, vinegar and baking soda volcanoes. I'm, I'm sorry, just saying, uh, it's so much fun, and um, yeah, um, there are many ways. Yeah, wait. Now again, we're we're um, we're we're going real crazy here. But let's talk about again. Let's get back to some traditional ideas. Another way to. A torture a doll baby that's, you know, very traditional, is to uh, put it in the hollow of a tree. So this would be a tree that has a natural hollow in it, but it's, that usually that's not dead yet. You don't want a dead tree exactly. You could use a dead tree, I guess, but I've always thought it was a live tree. And so you're going to put this little doll, you're going to make it up, you can um, curse it, and then you're going to put it in the hollow tree. And the idea is it stays in the hollow tree until the tree dies and falls over. Mm-hmm. And then it's released, of course. But by then, possibly the person is dead by then. So mm-hmm. the um, the hollow tree entombment is not like a curse unto death, but it's kind of like putting them in a box. They can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It helps if you have that hollow tree somewhere there where they may walk because then they'll really feel the effects of it as they walk by it. Mm, that's really good, yeah. 
That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. If you put, there's certain plants like vines and whatnot that'll wrap themselves up around doll babies. So if you, you select, if you know, have a little bit of knowledge of trees and botany, you can select trees and uh, or plants that will actually wrap themselves up around the doll baby or will grow through the doll baby. It takes a long time, obviously, to do that. So you want something a little bit more fast uh, moving, or you plant it in the roots. Um, of a tree that you've planted yourself and it will grow through the doll baby and then you have a living uh, extension of the doll baby that you can work the tree or the plant that you've uh, you've planted. I'm going to give you some suggestions here from a botanist point of view. There's one. Please. There's one that already somebody's going to say it. Bindweed, which is a morning glory, yeah. is a John the Conqueror relative. Okay. And it grows real fast and is real tight, winds up real mm-hmm. tight. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can um, tie it down. Um, bindweed grows along by the ground. And, um, and uh, so that's a, that's a really good way to work, um, to tie something down. Other things that, that uh, tie and make tendrils, pea family tendrils, but they're not as tight or as strangulating. Peas are more pliable. Um, bindweed is the really the nasty one and uh, will do very well. Another one that is very long-growing, and I don't know that it would be so good for torture. It would probably be better for good home love. It's wisteria. And um, mm. wisteria also makes grows very tight, but it takes a long time to do it. And um, I would buy for, for binding a person at home, you see, because wisteria is a long, long I live 200 years, you know. Mm, mm, that's good. That's good. I, um, I'm going to give the the simplest doll baby I've ever made. Uh, very, very straightforward. Very simple. It was just made out of paper. You, what you do is you cut out a paper in the form of a doll. You write the person's name nine times, but each time as you write it, you remove one letter of the name until you're left with just one letter. So you're shrinking and eliminating their name. You're withering away the name. You place the doll baby in your shoe and you walk on it. This is done to dominate someone, particularly in the work environment, a boss or someone that you want to have control over. Every step you take is one step on that person. Uh, It's you dominating them. It's a very effective, very easy, very straightforward. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to the idea of that bindweed because um, there's an idea here. Is the doll made of something permanent or is it something that will decay? And there is something to be said for making wooden dolls or something that's more permanent. For instance, if you were go- bindweed doesn't last forever. It's a seasonal plant, but wisteria does. I mean, it's forever. If you put a little wooden doll, even like a clothespin doll, you know what I'm talking about? Old-fashioned clothespin. I don't mean those mm-hmm. ones with the metal mm-hmm. clicky, but the old-fashioned clothespin. The, people used to make dolls out of them. They paint a little face on them and make a little doll out of them. Um, if you put a clothespin doll and, and wound a tendril of wisteria around it and attended to it, you know, probably for about three weeks or so, that it would grow around that. That would be in there. And then it would just keep on growing. That wisteria vine would grow really big. Those wisteria vines can get big around as your arm. And uh, that doll would be there forever, bound up. Kind of interesting. Um, I've never done it, but I believe it would be 
if I had problems with faithfulness uh, with a husband or something, I, I think I might give it a try. Luckily, I don't. Shiva, you're spared being tied up in our mysterious. It's too funny. I do. I know exactly the clothespins you're talking about. I think everyone at some point mm-hmm. in elementary school made doll babies out of not doll like magical doll, but made actual dolls out of them. There was some project mm-hmm. that involved using those clothespins and you decorated them and whatnot. And they do look like dolls. You turn them up with a little bob at the. They look like people, mm-hmm. little wooden people. Yeah, they look like little people. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and they still make and sell those clothespins. Not that many people hang their clothes up. People still use them for crafting. You know. I um, uh, mm-hmm. look up Google shaker clothespins. You'll see something very similar. What's it called? Google what? What was the word? Shaker clothespins. Oh, shaker, shaker. clothespins. Yeah, because the shakers, yeah. the shakers used to make a lot of wooden goods. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. The 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 shakers made boxes and furniture and stuff, and they made, you know, the the last thing, after you cut the tree down, you made the furniture, and you made the whatever, you end up with the clothespins. <laughs> That's how it's done. Waste not, want not. Um, yeah, clothespin dolls. Well, um, again, we're going to talk about some of the ways to uh, torture. Now, you could torture a clothespin doll by scorching its little feet in the fire, too, of course. Anything that can kind of burn but not quite burn and then of course you can uh, you know uh, 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 dip it in florida water and set it afire or you can do whatever you want to I, we haven't talked much about uh, setting things afire with florida water so i just want to mention that mm-hmm. florida water mm-hmm. is a, it's a perfume it smells real nice everybody loves it oh it's so cleanly it's so beautiful it cured my headache but that stuff is freaking flammable and Very. one of the neat ways you can work with a doll is to put it in a cauldron, like an iron cauldron, and or a, uh, or in a uh, iron pan, and then put in the, the Florida water and say, "I'm going to give you a nice perfumed bath." Oops, just dropped a match in it. <laughs> Up they go. Yeah, if you if you want to see an, if you want to see an image of it, if you go to my air page, the second photo down, there's a cauldron on fire. There's a doll baby being consumed by Florida water flames. That's right. That's right. That's a, it's a beautiful photo, and it said air. Maybe someone can put the URL in. And, and, um, and you're automatically purifying the place afterwards because you, mm-hmm. you made a fire of purification perfume. I know. Isn't that great? I love Florida water. It's so multi-purpose, you know, mm-hmm. and cheap enough that setting it on fire is not the worst thing in the world you can do with your cash, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh Cousin Joshua says it burns lovely blue and smells pretty good. That's yep. right. Yep. All right. Well, we've come to the end of this uh, fascinating panel, and uh, I think we threw out a uh, hundred ideas. We threw out almost enough ideas for one book if we wrote it, really, really. or at least a, or at least a half a book, or at least a quarter of a book. So, uh, thank you, Miss Michael. We're going to get all this together. There will be a book on doll babies probably next year, I'm hoping. Um, We'll see. All right, let's turn this over to Evan Lionheart, and we're going to get our client ready. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood, Conjurman, and this week's special guest, Miss Mike Hale, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners 
located online at readersandrootworkers.org and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our and talk to our client. Our first caller is Danny, calling to area code 205. Danny, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you so much for giving us a call today. Um, you had indicated, as per your submission, that you've had no readings on the situation with either Miss Cat, Conjurman, or our guest. Is that correct? That is correct. Excellent. Thank you so much. I'm going to read a brief synopsis briefly before turning it over to our host. Okay? Okay. Danny writes, I'm 32. And thankfully have... (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Um, I'm 32 and thankfully have finished my all-too-recent Saturn return. Although I'm ready to settle down, I'm not ready to simply find the one without testing the waters and having options. I want to experience a bit of luxury while having a good dating pool of generous men to pick from. Is it in the cards for me? And if so, what are some practices that could bring luxury, wealth, and chivalry into my life from dating through to marriage? Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, hi, Danny. Um, it's so interesting uh, to, to meet somebody who has such a clear idea of what they want. I'm going to tell you, um, when I was your age, when I was younger than your age, when I was older than your age, all I thought was, where can I get sex next? But you no, that was it. I mean, it was just like, got to have sex now, please, got to have sex. Um, and I would basically take any old guy, you know, some of which were not so good for me. So it's nice to see somebody so different. So I'm going to ask you, what is your sign of the zodiac? I am an Aquarius sun and a Taurus moon. <laughs> Okay. Do I win a prize, folks? Do I? You you really are getting those Aquariuses. (laughs) Another Aquarius. But you got a Taurus moon, so you got a little sex in there. Mm -hmm. You laughed when I said sex. You didn't freeze up anyway. (laughs) All right. I've got the Taurus. (laughs) Well, I have the Taurus sun and the Aquarius moon, so I just went for the sex. And after a while, I thought it would help if they were smart, intellectual, and knew some tech, you know? It took, mm-hmm. took me a while to figure that out. All right, well, I'm going to do a, a reading for you, and then um, what we're going to have is um, we're going to have Miss um, Michael uh, do a reading, and then Ollie will give you some root work, okay? Um, Sounds great. And to all the Aquarians of the world who I haven't talked to this week, just phone, I'm waiting. <laughs> all right, so you're you're looking you're looking for a dating pool, um, chivalrous people. That's a great word. I love that. And you're looking for someone with who will give you the experience of luxury and generosity. All right. And the question is, is it in the cards for me? All right. I'm going to cut the cards. We're going to see what we got. Yes, it is in the cards for you, baby. Nine of Pentacles. This is the card that I've called the Duchess. She's not one of the queens. She's not one of the pages princesses, but she's uh, obviously a noble woman. She's out um, in her garden. It's a garden of grapes. She has a house behind her, which is her house. She owns it. She has beautiful trees. She has piles of money. 
And she has a, a beautiful dress on with Venus symbols embroidered all over it in such a way that they look like kind of stylized flowers, like maybe zinnias or something of that nature. And she has two piles of money. On one side, she has a pile of six coins. On the other, a pile of three coins. Under the six coins, there is a snail. And over the three coins, she holds her gloved hand, and in her hand, she holds the jesses or straps for a sparrow hawk or lady hawk who's going to hunt for her who has a hood over its head. On her right hand, where she's holding down the big pile of money, she has a um, ring on her index finger, her right index finger, sometimes called the Ring of Solomon, whereby he could hear and understand the speech of animals, but it's also a ring of power and control, and it's your Jupiter finger, finger of money. So, you're going to meet two people. You're going to meet somebody who's got the money, who's got the luxury, but they're never, never going to marry you. They're a snail. They they will always be courteous. They will always be able to be there for you. They will shower you with luxury goods. But in the end, lady, you're going to marry the poorer man who does your bidding. And uh, so you ha- have fun because you're going to you're going to have quite a ride with uh, but don't I mean I wouldn't say be a bigamist that's not probably the aquarian way but um but you're going to you can find the men with the money but they're not going to marry you when you marry you will marry for love and the one you marry for love will be someone who when you take off that hood that mask you'll look them right in the eye and you'll go oh this is the one, and it doesn't matter how much luxury, doesn't matter how much money, because they are there to serve you coffee in bed, and they are there to, you know, massage your aching little feet. You know what I'm saying? And um, mm-hmm. so you get both. You're going to have the best of both possible worlds through your 30s, and I would just enjoy it. And number card number two is a card of a great deal of money. This card is called the Ten of Pentacles, and this is a card of a family that has accumulated money and owns land and has children and grandchildren. So I would say that you're going to, and pets, dogs actually, they have some dogs. You're going to um, end up wealthy toward the end of your life. Maybe not immediately, but at the end of your life you will have put away a lot of money. You'll have land. You'll have property, you'll have children and grandchildren. If not children and grandchildren, at least you'll have some good puppy dogs. And this is a card of passing your wealth on down through the generations. And it's a very good card. Uh, tells me that your Taurus moon is definitely operating here. Your third card is a bit of a shock. And the third card is the Fool. So the Fool is a card that we don't like to end with too much because it's kind of like, what? You just stepped over a cliff. So the Fool shows a person who is optimistic, who's looking on the bright side of life, always going to hope for the best, has a white rose looking for love, but it's going to fall over a cliff. What this says to me is the best made plans uh, of mice and men gone off the glide. And um, so there's a little white dog barking out a warning. That would be me, I guess. And the fool is you're going to fall in love. So your plan is good. But you're, in the end, this is kind of a reiteration of that first card. They have yellow, both have yellow skies. And it says, when the, when the stranger comes calling, when that lovely person comes who's the perfect one, all these plans of luxury and chivalry and all, you just kind of kind of go, oh, that was nice. I want him, right? And this okay. card of the fool 
Um, but, you know, you're going to have a lot of good time before you get to him. But this card of the fool says you may be thinking you're making a foolish mistake, but that's when your true adventure will really begin. All right? I'm going to turn this over to Miss Michael. Okay. So uh, I was looking into my pyrite crystal while you're, well, Lion Evanhart was, Evan Lionheart was reading, was reading your summary. And I saw a lion, and then a crab, and then a woman bathing, with a bird singing and sitting on the edge of her tub, the very edge of her tub. So um, I have a feeling, I, I think this, this kind of harmonizes with Miss Cat's reading. I see three men represented by animals, one powerful, capable of working great change, and that's going to be a fun ride. One, a crab, which is kind of grabby and acquisitive. And the third, just a lovely little songbird who just wants to hang around and and make your days pleasant. And, of course, you're going to support him or at least take good care of him because, you know, he's he's the next best thing to a kitty cat. (laughs) (laughs) And I also pulled the scripture. First uh, Kings nine one, and it came to pass when Solomon had finished building of the house of the Lord, yes, and all Solomon's desire which he was pleased to do. So I don't see any misery in this adventure. You're going to enjoy just about all of it. Hmm. What is great. that verse you? What What is that verse of the Bible you said? First uh, Kings nine one. First Kings nine one, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um so um this says to me that there's going to be um uh, you're gonna get what you want, but you're also gonna get more than what you wanted. It almost has and to put it in kind of um pop culture terms, it almost has a little bit of the uh, screwball comedy plot about it. You know, you will end up with the right person in the end. And it's going to be much better than you thought. And um, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing from you when it happens, because you're going to be a very, very happy lady. All right. Well, let's turn this over to Conjurman Ali, and he's going to um, give you some uh, screwball comedy root work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to say that you've got you've had some fantastic readings. Interestingly enough, I was following along uh, with my own reading. I did cast it a horror, and I just want to say, Miss Cat was so on the money when she said one is going to be rich, but one is going to because it came up that your your love life was divided up between uh, Capricorn and the fifth house. Fifth house is sex, so there's going to be one person that's going to be really generous and one person that you're going to have a much more physical uh, chemistry with there. So bear that in mind. And then timing wise, end of November and beginning of December is going to be peak for you. So what I want to do is give you root work around that to help to kind of manifest this, to bring you the ideal person. Maybe you won't end up with a person that is a hundred percent, you know, wealthy and, and the way that you examine them, but hopefully you'll be with someone who's generous with you 
who's able to give you what you're looking for. And so this is what we do with root work so that we can manifest our desires, even if the cards don't give us exactly what we're looking for. So first and foremost, what I want to do is combine your two elements, working with that Aquarius and the Taurus to give you uh, root work that'll resonate. You're going to start by creating an, a, a specialized perfume for yourself. Get your favorite brand of perfume, the one that you wear all the time, the one that you want associated with you, and add to this. Open up the bottle. You can place it in your own custom bottle, whichever you want. But open it up, and you're going to add a Queen Elizabeth root, a little bit of catnip, and Dixie John. These three are going to be perfect for what you're looking to do. Pray over each. Add a little bit in. You don't need to put so much in that you're unable to get your perfume out. But you're going to add it in. It's going to adjust the scent a little bit, and it's going to add some power. Now, set that aside. You're going to be using it in a little bit. Then I want you to get another Queen Elizabeth root, some catnip, licorice, some lovage, Dixie John, rose petals, and Cuba berries. And you're going to assemble this all out on your altar or the table that you're working on. And in the center, you'll have a piece of paper that you are going to write your petition. Be very clear what you desire. I want to be in a happy, romantic relationship with a generous, loving man who satisfies me physically, emotionally, financially. Make it very clear. The key is to be meaningful. I always tell clients the best way to do this is write down your, the qualities you're looking for, then sleep on it and revise over a period of days so that you can go from saying something like, he needs to be six foot three to he's tall, right? You want it to be meaningful. You want it to be significant. You want it to be detailed, but you don't want it to be trivial. So, for example, if you want him to be wealthy, don't write he needs to drive a BMW, right, that he's wealthy and he's financially stable, right? So make this a meaningful list. You're going to anoint this list, the four corners and the center, with the following orders. Cleo may come to me and love me. You're going to fold it up and place it into a red flannel bag with each one of these herbs that I had listed, one by one. Queen Elizabeth root, catnip, licorice, lovage, Dixie John, rose petals, Cuba berries. You're going to pray into this bag and you're going to knot it three times. You're going to smoke it in incense by Cleo May, come to me and love me. Smoke it, feel the mojo back come alive from the smoke, awaken from the heat of that incense. And then you're going to spray it with that custom perfume that you made. You will keep this mojo bag on your body wherever you go. It should be close to your skin. So put it in your underwear, your bra, somewhere. Don't just put it in your pocket. It should be close to your skin. Once a week, you will get it out, pray over it, and once more anoint it with the uh, perfume that you have made. That perfume is your custom scent. You should be uh, putting that on your body wherever you go out. It will draw to you your ideal partner. The combination of air magic and earth magic here is going to be the key to drawing this person to you. That's that Aquarius and Taurus connection that we're working with. When you meet the person, I mean, let's say you find a person, you're like, oh, this is the guy, I like him. All you've got to do is spray a little bit of that perfume also on your hand and then touch them when you meet them. Make sure that you rub their arm, oh, you're so funny, or touch their hand so that a little bit of your scent 
comes off onto them. And this will be a way of really influencing their mind and heart so that they are drawn to you. Work this. I don't sense that you need a lot of intense work. You don't need to rework your destiny in order to find happiness. But a little bit of root work to give this a push in the right direction, to help to draw the right person to you, to give you a little bit of what you're looking for here will be ideal in manifesting your goals. So this is what I would recommend. We've got time, so I'm going to open this up to Miss Kat and Miss Michael to see if they have any adjustments or uh, recommendations of their own. How about you, Miss Michael? I would take a, I would buy a package of lodestone grits because they're about the size of your little fingernails, and mm-hmm. uh, match them, match two of them, male and female, and put them in that bag. Hmm. Okay. A pair of matched lodestone grits. Um, that's that's always a good um, thing to draw someone to you, to attract yeah. someone. So I like that idea. Um, I'm going to say that uh, for me, this is pretty much a, a, a very, very, I mean, good, basic, solid work. Uh, only thing I would add is um, I would pray Psalms 45, uh, the wedding mm. psalm, so-called, um, over the bag while you're making it. Um, uh, that's just me. And, uh, mm. the, you know, Psalms 45 is to make a man who is both wealthy and sexy come to you. It's sometimes called the the wedding of King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. The reason I asked Miss Michael about what was that Bible verse, it was about um, First Kings, it was from about King Solomon. So that's why I recommend Psalms 45. And it's a, it's a good psalm to use anytime you are working with such things. You can you traditionally just used over, you pray it over olive oil, and you can use the olive oil as a massage oil. Um, it also, there's a recipe in that psalm for what's called oil of gladness, but you don't need to make it as an oil. You could add any of those uh, also to the mojo. The one caution in English, it says aloes, and people think it means bitter aloes, the succulent that you rub on your burns. It does not mean that. It means aloes wood or agar wood. And so you could add that to your um, mojo as well if you wanted to. And um, it's a it's a, a really a lovely scent of those mixed uh, things. But be careful with the aloes wood. It is an endangered species, so don't buy too much of it. Uh, but you can okay. get it online. Um, it also comes in the form of an essential oil called oud, O-U-D. And um, it's the same thing. It's, it's just different names in different languages. So that's what I would add to it. Um, and I think this is, you're going to be surprised. You, you came to an interesting point in your life. There's going to be some new things happening in your life. They're really going to be a fascinating. Um, you have a lot of potential. And you're going to be very, very, uh, live a very luxurious life. So good luck to you. Call us back if you need any other questions answered, okay? Good luck. Now it's time to turn, now it's time to go to our free spell segment with Ms. Michael of HoodooFoundry.com. Take it away, Ms. Michael. Okay. Um, let's see, where are my notes here? Okay, now, uh, Miss Cat already knows a little last, uh No, the week of the festival, I think it was. Um, 
it has two names. Sometimes I call it the Hanoi Hilton. Sometimes I call it the Black Hole of Calcutta. This is a spell to work on unrighteous rulers. You will need a black candle. You will need some printouts of heinous statements from these enemies of the people. One person per page. Petroleum jelly, beeswax, a small animal cage. You can get those on Amazon. The smaller, the better, perhaps. And uh, some sharp glass, including mirrors, spiky weed seeds, rusty nails, razor blades, and some nasty hot things like sulfur, uh, insecticidal chalk or pyrethrum powder, or even goofy dust. And here's what you do. You light the black candle and recite Psalm 58, 10, and 11. And uh, if somebody wants to look that up, we can read it in a minute. Combine the sharps with the nasties and, and divide that into two portions. Spread one portion on the bottom of the cage. Now, you go back to your pages of nasty statements. You smear one page with some petroleum jelly, scrape that off into a saucer, and with the beeswax, you, you snip it like Miss Cat said to make beeswax doll babies. You keep greasing your hands. And you make the you make a little doll baby out of it, like Miss Cat described earlier. Name the doll as you work. Set it in the cage. Repeat for each enemy. Um, but first, you ro- you roll the finished doll babies in the in the rest of the sharp and nasty stuff. You pack the dolls into the cage as full as you can, so they can't breathe. And when you're done, take the cage into the backyard and expose it to the elements indefinitely. Let it freeze in the cold, rust and molder in the rain, melt in the sun. And as soon as you put it out, they take a hyssop bath or rub some holy oil on your hands, head and feet and heart and pray Psalm 51. Wow. All right. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to say something about that beeswax doll. So Mm -hmm. um, the beeswax doll, in in which she said her voice dropped out, and I didn't hear it, so I'm going to assume that other people did not either. Um, What she's talking about is taking the the charge against them, the names with their nastiness. You rub the petroleum jelly, scrape it off, and then that petroleum jelly is used to soften the beeswax as you make the doll. And, uh, again, if you... you, um, Read Bottle Up and Go or look at the video I made for Bottle Up and Go. You'll see how to cut that doll, baby. It's just very simple gingerbread man, cut and fold. And um, But the petroleum jelly is to model into the wax. That's what you're talking about, right? Um, yes. All right. Okay. Um, that is an amazing uh, thing. Doc Murphy says, get it buried in some Minnesota snow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Winter's well, coming. That'd be a great start. Yeah. And the idea of packing these guys in so tight. And what if you say, mm-hmm. well, I only dislike one or two deputies, and there's this one politician I'm not very fond of, and so you got three people. No, no, no. Make get a cage appropriate and just fill it up. Name mm-hmm. every one of them and call out their sins. Or, there or are if so you've misjudged. Yes. If you misjudged. Uh, you're the size of the cage and you have room in there, fill it up with rocks. Oh, that would be good. Just fill it up with rocks and yeah. press them on down. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now I think um, Shiva may be about to print out Psalms 58, 10, 
to 11. We'll see what happens with that. I hope that we get to see that the words. Here it is. The righteous shall rejoice. When he seeketh the vengeance, he shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that a man shall say, Verily, there is a reward for the righteous. Verily, he is a God that judgeth the earth. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. That is very, very good. Now, I've seen a, a variation of this that was um, given to me by a, an old friend a long time ago that was done in a bottle rather than a cage, and it was using um, uh, animal hearts for each villain, as mm-hmm. I call them, and um, just packing it full and then filling it with blood. And there you go. <laughs> That's a different way to do it. But the idea of packing these villainous people in so tight, so hard they cannot get loose. I love the idea of a, of a little mouse trap. You know those little wire Ooh. mouse traps? That yeah. Would be a good oh, that's good. One too. Uh, live traps. And a li- little mouse trap, a little live trap, yeah. Of course, you could also do it if you only have one that you want to do. You can use one of those Victor mouse traps that catches them by the neck, right? You just put it out mm. there in the mouse trap. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I like the idea of the black hole of Calcutta. Probably the young ones among us don't know what the black hole of Calcutta is. Look it up at Wikipedia. You'll find out all yep. about it. <laughs> uh, something like this. I love this type of working. Um, I I would be inclined to do, to leave them exposed to the elements for a period of time but then to burn them at the end so something like if you from new moon to new moon uh you know or from full moon to full moon pick a particular time you leave them out exposed exposed and then at the end you build a nice big bonfire and toss the cage into the flame that's a consume oh yeah that would be nice. I like campfires. I like campfires a lot. Mm, if you have a small little cage, it. you can use a cauldron in Florida water. <laughs> Back to where we yeah. were before. Um, that's a that's a good way to do it. Um, certainly, another possibility. Just you know, there is the throwing them in the river thing, and um, one of the ways that you um, can do that is to throw them off a bridge in their cage. Just throw them down into muddy water. Not a not a clear um, brook, uh, you know, but a nice old dirty, muddy water. There's places like that all around America because no one's paying attention to the, keeping the environment clean. So I'm talking mm. like something with pond scum and grrk, you know. I love mm-hmm. pond scum for uh, torturing dolls, by the way. Pond, nobody likes pond scum all up in their nostrils, I'll tell you. Nobody mm-hmm. likes that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has a fantastic way of gunking up that person's life, Pond Scum does. Everything they do will fall apart. Everything they do will get confused and muddled. They won't know what they're doing. <laughs> Everything will kick on a scent. It'll smell. A phantom smell will totally mess with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Another place you could put such a thing is if you live in a place where there are large tree stumps. Now, I happen to have a place which has six redwood tree stumps and you all know how big redwood trees are and they were cut down probably in the 1870s and they're still here these stumps are still here no one ever pulled them out you can't hardly pull out a redwood stump they're they're dead but they're they've hollowed out over the years rain has fallen on them so now they're like the size of a baby's bathtub and uh, they collect water 
every time it rains, they fill up with water, and then that water gets all, you know, scummy, and then about during the summer it dries out. But that would be a nice place to put a little mousetrap. It would fit, and you would just keep it in there, and if you wanted to keep on watering it, you could. Um, some people take these stumps and they will put uh, potting soil them and plant plants in them and use them as sort of natural planters. I've done that too. So you could put it underneath that and bury it, put... Um, Put you know put dirt on it and then put some kind of noxious you know toxic plant on top like poison ivy I don't know whatever you want to do. All right, well we missed our network schedule announcement. It's not here, and so we're just going to pass it by with a wave. Bye bye network schedule announcement. We'll catch you again next week, and we'll turn this over to Evan. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely catch this next week. Thank you so much, Miss Cat, and thank you, Conjurman, and thank you, Miss Michael of Hoodoo Foundry and Willits, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Miss Robin of RobinsMojo.com in Northern California. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour. Brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart, joining you from readingsbyevan.com in New Jersey. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Block Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific. 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band Waltz playing the Jug... Playing the jug band balls. Excuse me. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you, Evan. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to all the people in the chat room. And um, we got, uh, of course, uh, Cousin Joshua, Covet Gift 2, Doc Murphy, Dr. Sweets, uh, Justin Sanders, and um, Tony I, and uh, Signe DC. And I think there were a few others. There already, oh, Angela L. And um, so thank you all for coming out for the show. Anybody else listening in the archive, you too can listen live and join us in the chat room. All you have to do is pay attention to the announcements, which come on the Facebook pages of the Lucky Mojo, Lucky Mojo Curio Company or my Facebook page or some of the other lovely Facebook pages you all know and love. All right, folks, that's it for tonight. Thanks a lot. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.